your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy Hickman on this Wednesday morning, afternoon, evening, no matter what time you're listening to our show. Today's going to be one of those discussion days where we're going to dive into certain topics to see how the Houston Texans will be able to combat how we feel. So I'm going to get into that in a little bit. However, first, please help your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots or favorite shops. Local businesses have always and I mean, always been on your team supporting you and your community. So the next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business. I shop at local businesses all the time. Shout out to Nowell's, uh, one of my favorite seafood spots over here by my home. And also look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with the contactless visa to help support your community because we're in how you manage shops, plain and simple. Visa, everywhere you want to be, the official partner of the NFL. Today, before we get into the hot topics, I want to bring up some of the roster moves uh, that the Houston Texans have uh, made in the last 24 hours since you guys have last heard from us, of course. And then, Cody, what else do we have on today's agenda? Well, of course, we're going to get into a little bit of a preview. Well, start our preview of Sunday game between the Tennessee Titans, who look very good, I must say, after they had a, believe it was a 16-day layoff because they have been dealing with the whole coronavirus thing. So we're going to talk about the coronavirus side of things, and we're going to just talk about the Tennessee Titans in general on what we saw tonight. But the main thing I want to talk about in today's show is have a discussion about the Houston Texans, but more so of their offense. Yes, they played good against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it seems like this was a team who finally found their mojo. But at the same time, I'm kind of concerned. I'm wondering if what we saw on Sunday was more so of the fact that this is a team who found a strive or just a team who was just coming into a game. You already had fired your head coach. Very emotional. You're trying to get that first win of the season. And you was playing against a team that's a little bit worse than you are in the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we're going to get into that later on in the show. And before we have the opportunity to dive into that discussion, I want to let you guys know of a couple of transactions that has taken place in the last 24 to 48 hours. First, Emmanuel Ellaby, the inside linebacker, and kicker Brett Mayer have both been signed to the practice squad for the Houston Texans. And on the flip side, Texans released wide receiver Dwayne Harris and quarterback Alex McGuff. Uh, And also yesterday, the Texans signed Kyle Emmanuel, inside linebacker, to their practice squad, who was originally on the Vegas Raiders. I hate saying it. It sounds just so weird. I know. It's, but, it, <laughs> it, 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 I don't know what name is more weird to me, the Las Vegas Raiders or the Los Angeles Chargers, because people are still making mistakes by calling them the San Diego Chargers. I don't even I don't even add the city before the Raiders. I just say the Raiders. Like for us, it's the, the Houston Texans. I'll just say the Raiders to keep well, it plain and simple. I, I kind of agree with that because if you look look at the last, what, 30 to 40 years, they have bounced around. First it was in Los Angeles, then it was in Oakland, now they're in Las Vegas. So uh, who, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But what Kyle Emanuel, who the Texans just signed to their practice squad, fifth-round draft pick out of 
uh, North Dakota in 2015. You know, he's had a very serviceable career, two interceptions in his career, uh, five pass deflections, and one forced fumble. Last play for, like I mentioned, the Vegas Raiders. And then years before that was on the Chargers with the L.A. and San Diego Chargers. So we know that when we look at what has happened with Bernard McKinney, Terrell Adams stepped up and played phenomenal with his 13 tackles on Sunday. However, they are going to need somebody else that can help fill that void. Now, Emmanuel was signed to the practice squad, uh, and I'm looking at that as an opportunity to get him you know, acclimated to what Houston wants to do moving forward. But I, I can see him getting bumped up within the next week or so to the active roster. Uh, depending on how things shape up, because like I mentioned, Bernard McKinney will be out for the rest of the year, even though Terrell Adams played amazing. Cody, as you alluded to, they did play the Jacksonville Jaguars. And we want to talk about the offense in today's show, but I want to give a shout out to the big man up front, and that's P.J. Hall. P.J. Hall was signed, I believe, two weeks before the uh, season kicked off, but at six foot, 305 pounds, uh, you may say he's a couple inches shorter. You may say he's a little bit lighter than what you want your nose tackle to be. But so far in four games, five games for the Houston Texans, 21 tackles, two tackles for loss in a sack. Um, he has been a very good, not replacement, but sub for DJ Reader on this defense. He has allowed linebackers to flow. Uh, and he's really making it, making the job easier for everybody else along that defensive front. Very underrated player for Houston right now. And, and I look at what he's been able to do consistently, especially after game one against the Kansas City Chiefs. He's helped out Whitney Merciless because he does his job so well. You know, Whitney Merciless now has three sacks in the last two games, I believe, and his job. To just go out there and get the quarterback has become a lot easier because of what P.J. Hall is doing in the middle. Uh, J.J. Watt has been looking good. And what I like most about P.J. Hall, the replacement, at least what we think he will be for that inside tackle position was Ross Blacklock. We know how much he was not ready. P.J. Hall has stepped right in and has been ready. Got him for cheap, and I hope he's here not only for the rest of the year, I hope he stays healthy, but I hope he can return back next year for Houston at a very good price in order to keep him around because he has some chemistry with this defense so far. Well, John, you know, ever since that very first game against the Kansas City Chiefs, I have been on the P.J. Hall train because I saw what he was capable of. And this is a guy who, even in that very first game, he wasn't really in game shape. And that's one thing Bill O'Brien did tell me one of the last few press conferences that we had was the fact that he was waiting for P.J. Hall to get into game shape before he started putting him out there on the field more consistently. In the last two weeks, we have seen more of P.J. Hall, and I love it. But P.J. Hall has already proven that he can be a difference maker for this Texans defense, no matter who we play. However, on the flip side of things, I'm wondering if we're going to get that same commitment from the Houston Texans offense, because Sunday we have a really big challenge against the Tennessee Titans. And this football season will be a little bit different. And Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through the game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans like you and I, like the entire world, especially after Thursday night football game, 
we're the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels, right? We don't go out there on the field. We may not catch passes, but we are the passionate fans. And because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch the game. Pepsi, made for football watching. Against the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday, it seemed like the Houston Texans was a team who finally found their mojo on the offensive side of the ball. Um, they recorded nearly 500 yards in a win. We saw the connection between Deshaun Watson and Brandon Cooks. We know Brandon Cooks exploded for 161 reception yards off of eight catches on 12 targets. And it seems like it was a really good day for the Houston Texans on the offensive side of the ball. And I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but... I did come to the realization that even though the Houston Texans did put on a great show against the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm wondering if what we saw on Sunday was more so the fact that we was playing against the Jaguars and not a team who actually found their mojo on, on the offensive side of the ball. And that's what I want to talk about in this segment because the Tennessee Titans, I don't know if you guys saw it, but this team is for real this season. We saw how they finished the 2019 season. Matter of fact, they marched all the way to the AFC Championship game where they lost to Kansas City. But this team, as of right now, John, you might disagree with me, but I think Tennessee might be the second best team in this AFC conference, only behind Kansas City. Because Baltimore, uh, I've seen a couple things that I didn't like that I, that I believe trying to carry over that momentum from 2019 over into 2020. They are having a bit of a little bit of a struggle with that. And Pittsburgh, they are doing well, but I don't think they have played too many good teams at the start of this season. However, before we even get into that argument, to bring things back to the Houston Texans, like I mentioned, they had a really good offensive game. But, John, Sunday's game against Tennessee is going to show a lot because I'm wondering – the offensive performance that we saw, was that more so the fact that this is a team who was, A, dying to get their first victory of the season after starting 0-4, and B, who was just emotional after a, rather if it was good news or negative news, you still had to depart with your head coach, Bill O'Brien, who's been a part of this organization for, what, six and a half to seven years. So there was a lot going on. And then, by the way, once again, you're playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who is, what, maybe two, three tiers below from the Houston Texans, I mean, we had expectations coming into this season. Nobody had any kind of expectations in the Jaguars at the start of this season. So it's a mixture of that versus if they go out and perform against Tennessee, then I know for sure this is a team who is ready to turn a season around, and this is a team who found their mojo. But if they come out and let's say we see more of the Houston Texan team that we saw against the Ravens, against the Steelers, against the Minnesota Vikings. Once again, the 2020 season is going to be a long one for Houston. So there's something I want to look at when we try to analyze what Houston could possibly do or not do whenever they take on the Tennessee Titans, who dropped 42 on a very good Bills team. And why that game was so important the Bills were hot on offense, right? I mean, when we look at the Bills' season so far, let's take a look at their games. 27 points scored, 31 points scored, 35 points scored, 30 points scored. They run off three 30-point games in a row. Josh Allen threw for 312, 415, 311, 288. The Titans team held that Buffalo Bills team, who was playing very exceptional on offense, to 16 points. 
Josh Allen to 263 yards. Also, I want to look at the Tennessee Titans opponents and how that correlates to what Houston, uh, who they are right now. The Vikings allow 404 yards per game on defense. The Jags allow 416 yards per game on defense. The Bills allow 381 yards per game on defense. When we look at our Houston Texans, who played a very young, uh, inexperienced, still dealing with internal issues and missing players on defense, Jacksonville Jaguars, we had an opportunity to hold them to under 20 points. That's good. But defensively, Houston allows 387 yards per game. And that's right up the alley where the Tennessee Titans thrive so far this season. They have taken advantage of bad defenses. Now, we praise P.J. Hall. We've talked about the improvements of the front four, the front seven all around. But our issue in the defense's Achilles heel this year is the secondary. We know that. Not going to talk about it too much, right? But when we look at what Tennessee was able to do to a Buffalo Bill team that's really good compared to this Houston team who got their first win living off their high of not having Bill O'Brien anymore in this this organization, we do have to ask ourselves, was it fact or was it fluke? Was it real or was it fake? Will this be able to continue or not? Will the Texans have an opportunity to catch the now 4-0 Tennessee Titans? That will be something that I can't wait to discuss on Crossover Thursdays. However, the reality of it is the chances are pretty slim. Slim to none, actually, because there are too many holes that we have to answer or fix that Tennessee is just too good at exploiting. So once again, John, let me ask you this, and I'm going to give my two senses on this as well. Depending on what happens on on Sunday, and I think right now we could both agree that you and I believe that the Texans may come up short in this game. Now you're looking at a situation where the Houston Texans are one in five. What do you think this is going to do to their psyche? Because the one it's it's hard to analyze the Texans in 2020 given where they are five games in. You got rid of Bill O'Brien, you had a good game. It seems like you're finding your mojo, but then boom, you're playing against arguably, if not the best team in the NFL as of right now. I am on the bandwagon by saying that I believe the Houston Texans can turn their season around, but Sunday's game is, is, is so important for this team because if they can go, if they can go into Tennessee and get a dub and hand Tennessee, their first loss of the season, I can truly see this, this team saying, you know what? We are two and zero since we removed the cancer. Let's, let's push for the playoffs. Let's show that we are not a trash team. We are not the team that started off 0-4. We are a new team. We are 2-0. Let's push for the playoffs. Let's make everyone know that the Texans are still a legit great team. And they are when you look at the talents that they have on paper. But if they go into Tennessee, and, and depending on how they lose that game, then you could look at it from a situation, okay, Back to your original point, John, 
let's just use 2020 as a red shirt year. Let, let's use 2020 as a year where we put our rookies out there on the field so they can go out there and get their feet wet. And not only that, next year in 2021, you will have guys like Ross Blacklock and Jonathan Grenard more prepared to take on the physicality of the and NFL. And John Reed. Let's not forget John Reed. Yeah, yeah John Reed as well. I think I can't wait to see him play some football for Houston um, in that secondary. You know what I fear with this Houston team? Uh, I fear that they're just not going to be able to contain what Tennessee can do on offense. Uh, the linebackers for Houston have a very difficult time with covering. And now that Bernard McKinney is out, yes, Terrell Adams had a very good game, but you know he's going to be stepping in to where he has to take on now uh, Derrick Henry, who made – Josh Norman do a flying kick in midair. I mean, it was just disgusting. Uh, but they're going to have to worry about Derrick Henry tackling him. And that has been a huge, and I mean, astronomical problem for Houston this year, tackling. Then they're going to have to worry about uh, A.J. Brown. And when I look at A.J. Brown and Bradley Roby, I have a lot of confidence in Bradley Roby to be able to disrupt him and knock him off his game. But then they have to look at the play action, the bootleg play action that Tennessee and Ryan Tannehill just works to perfection with Jonu Smith. And then he's able to use his legs when he needs to or just dump it off and find guys. So offensively, Tennessee does things that Houston through the first five games have not been able to stop. And defensively, the Texans are allowing 156 points per game in the first half they are even allowing more to the home team which is 17 points per game that's a problem that's a problem for Houston because when we look at what the Tennessee Titans are able to do overall they are scoring 13.3 points in the first half but at home they're dropping 24 in the first half and how many games has Houston got down early in. Well, they were up against the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? They lost that game in the second half. But let's look at the Chiefs game and let's look at the, ten the not the Tennessee, but the Minnesota Vikings game. What both teams were able to accomplish against this Texas defense in the first half. The moral of the story is they have gotten down and they have not been able to come back. Unfortunately, they played this Jacksonville Jaguar team and fortunately, they're able to see what works well for them on offense and on defense. Because I look at those first four games as what the Texans really needed in the preseason. Uh, if the game, if the season would have started off Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars, we would have been more optimistic and hype about how good this team can be moving forward if it would have been 15 more games. But it's not 15 more games. We are at 11 more games Houston has to play. And overall, I just don't think they'll be able to, at least not on a week spin, where they're, they're going to go into this game against a very good team on both sides of the ball. I don't think they're going to be able to win a lot of these matchups that they have been losing so far this season. I told you guys about Bill Bar, how great Bill Bar is, but also left out some very important details that you need to know. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six new flavors, 
which includes my favorite, the caramel brownie, along with the cookies and cream. My grandmother loves that one. They still have the 12 original flavors, the raspberry, the German chocolate, along with the peanut butter. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft, and easy to chew. And this is for the healthy, conscious guy like myself who wants to lose weight but doesn't want to give up a lot of the sweets, right? You can lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, and great for a keto diet. And here's another thing Bill Bar is doing for their customers right now. You get a free cooler with the purchase while supplies last, which is only for a few weeks or so. So, so go ahead and hop on that right now. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, use promo code Locked On to get $10 off your next order. How often do you use excuses like, I had a long day at work, or I'm just not feeling it? It isn't easy to talk about erectile dysfunction, but Roman makes it easy to discuss and treat ED. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Healthcare professionals will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship you a real medicine with free two-day shipping. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOn to get $50 off your first month of ED treatment and a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOn for up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment. GetRoman.com slash LockedOn. On yesterday, it was announced that Le'Veon Bell was released by the New York Jets. And no, I'm not about to turn this into a should the Houston Texans go out and sign Le'Veon Bell? Do they have enough money? Yada, yada, yada. Even though I do love those talks, I'm not about to do that. But it, it's when, when I saw the news that Bell had been released by the Jets, it just dawned on me how terrible of a general manager Bill <laughs> O'Brien really was because John if you think about it I have been very concerned very frustrated about the Texans run game this year and of course I'm talking about the results that we're getting from David Johnson and yes I know I was really high on his bandwagon at the start of the season I mean I was just going off of what I saw in training camp but other than that very first game against Kansas City, I, I I really have not liked what I saw from this guy. And the fact that we have David Johnson with the amount of money that we took on, even in a situation where, let's say, Carlos Hyde and the Texans could not agree to a deal, do you realize the Houston Texans could have went out and signed Adrian Peterson? Todd Gurley, who, who's by the, by the way, having a resurgence in Atlanta. Matter of fact, he's the only positive thing coming out of Atlanta so far this year. I believe he's, what, fifth or sixth in the league so far in rushing yards. And now Le'Veon Bell is available. It just blows my mind because this is an opportunity. Houston could have signed, for cheaper, I might add, three very good running backs for half the price that we are paying David Johnson. Oh, and by the way, obtaining any one of those guys did not involve the departure of DeAndre Hopkins. I, I just wanted to throw that out there. Texans fans, please don't fall for Cody's hype. 
What are you, don't, talk, don't, what are you talking about? What Cody just gave you guys was the equivalent to the ultimate highlight mixtape in the, the, the motivational speaker at the beginning. Like, you could be great. It kind of hypes you up a little bit. Le'Veon Bell does not need to be a Texan. I'm not Plain saying that he needs to be a Texan. I'm just saying the Texans could have been in a situation to sign him. He never – the situation that he could have been in also involved uh, Bill O'Brien. And here's what we've known about Adam Gase and Bill O'Brien. They are not typically well when it comes to coaching exceptional talent. So do I believe he would have been better in Houston? Yes, slightly. But, you know, we finally had an opportunity to see what Brandon Cooks can do when he's utilized properly. Uh, we've had an opportunity to see what Deshaun Watson can do uh, when he's utilized properly and playing like himself the first time since his rookie year, might I add, when he was just, you know, the league caught fire by his appearance and just playing football. Um, but I, I would also say that we still have not been able to see Kiki QT be somewhat of an X factor on this team because of what Bill O'Brien was doing or lack thereof. Um, and I can continue to mention names. I mean, just so on and so forth. I don't have faith that bringing Le'Veon Bell here in Houston would have been one of those, oh my gosh, he's a difference maker, difference maker. No, it, it would have just been, we saw Le'Veon Bell, and then because of how he was utilized with Bill O'Brien, then we would have been disappointed in the amount of money that we gave out. Well, I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up because even if we didn't sign Le'Veon Bell, I'm just saying there could have been a possibility where the Texans could have gotten a better running back whether that was Bell, Gurley, or Peterson, versus what we got here in Houston right now. And besides, signing those guys, it would have kind of worked out better for the Texans because you probably could have signed them at half price. And like I say, by the way, neither one of those signings involves you getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins. But with that being said, it is time to fully turn our attention on the game against the Tennessee Titans, as I mentioned. And boy, uh, the Tennessee Titans, they actually played their very first game in, I believe, 16, 17 days due to the coronavirus outbreak that they had going on. And I was able to ask Romeo Cornell on Monday how much of a concern factor there is in the locker room. And he said that, you know, there are some players who are concerned, not only just playing against Tennessee, but they are actually going to Tennessee. He said there are some concerns, but they are approaching this game as a regular game. He said, if anything, you just got to stay confident in the protocols that not only the team, but the NFL had put in place. And they're just hoping to stay safe as much as possible. It's concerning because this is a team who, since I believe September 24th, has had 24 positive cases of corona. The last two weeks, not only in Tennessee, but we have also seen um, positive test rises in, in Las Vegas and, of course, in New England as well. But it's a real cause for concern here. And, you know, it's just one of those things we... We, we just got to hope our team come back safe. You know, I would hate for this team to go to Tennessee and it only takes one player to come back positive. And the next thing you know, the Texans are dealing with a, with a coronavirus outbreak. And as of right now, this is the last thing this team needs to be going through. Absolutely. And one thing I will give Bill O'Brien credit for, I don't know if you guys remember the quote uh, months ago that the organization was doing such a great job of keeping 
uh, 16 and Kirby clean and following protocols that you can eat off the floor, right? And um, there has been cases in Atlanta. Uh, we mentioned the Patriots, uh, Kansas City. Uh, multiple teams have had cases. Multiple coaching staffs have been fined for not wearing masks. And, you know, Houston has been a gold standard of following the rules. You know, my issue that I have is uh, the NFL had more than enough time to catch this and make sure that they are putting their players first. They did not do that. And they had the blessing. I would call it a blessing how the NBA did the bubble. No cases. They had the opportunity to see the NBA restart with the bubble and then the playoffs. No cases. And so the NFL had an opportunity, which would have been the smartest idea. They just built this brand new, shiny, fancy stadium in Las Vegas. That could have literally been, you know, a bubble for certain teams. You could have put teams in one bubble, teams in another bubble, because I think the NFL is too, you know, far apart, spread out. You could have had multiple bubbles. But especially that one in Las Vegas. I mean, that stadium is beautiful. But you had an opportunity to do this. And now that these cases are starting to spread more and more, so much so, I mean, I thought the Tennessee Titans was going to have to uh, forfeit their season. But the NFL owners met on Tuesday in a virtual meeting about health, safety, and other on-field matters. Commissioner Roger Goodell and Chief Medical Officer Dr. Alan Seals reiterated their message of needing for compliance and commitment to the strategy of the preventative measures of wearing masks, hand washing, and maintaining social distancing along with testing. Dr. Seals was totally against the idea of a bubble. So there's that. And ultimately, my belief is we're going to continue to see this and there will be a pause in the NFL season. Now, with that being said, John, I'm, I'm going to ask a serious question here and I'm being truthfully honest. Do you or do you not think Romeo Cannell should at least sit this game out? Because not only is he considered high risk because he's 73 years old, but not only that, he's going to be walking into the hottest coronavirus spot in the league in Tennessee. I don't think he should sit this game out. Uh, I think going into this game, you know, he was on the same. He, you know, he is the reason why Mike Vrabel is the Tennessee Titans head coach. And I think because of what's going on and common sense, two gentlemen can sit down and say, hey, after the game, win or lose, I'm not shaking y'all damn hand. Y'all got too much going on on that side of town. Uh, you're sick. You're having players show up positive. I love you. But not that no, not not that much to lose my life. So, or for me to get sick or to contract the, the disease or the virus rather. So, but I think it's okay for them to say, hey, we're we're just gonna take our own precautions and follow our protocols. Specifically, like Romeo Cornell, who is of age, like you mentioned, and he is a high risk person. So it'll be okay for him to skip this one, especially considering you guys ain't following the rules over there. And so uh, if you're not going to follow the rules after the game, when the clock hits zero, I'm out. And I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook as well. You can hear this podcast and all of our podcasts 
on all of the major podcasting platforms, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Megaphone, and Spotify. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.